Building an audience seems like a no-brainer, but do you really have clarity on what it means? You already know, it's the Creator Spaces show. Your audience isn't the number of people who consume a particular creation, but rather the number of people you can count on to consume your next creation. A cool quote from Josh Spector. Those are the individuals you should be looking to connect with. Proceed with caution though, because if you don't approach this with the right mindset, you'll put too much pressure on yourself. So in the beginning, what really helped me was just thinking, basically it's just my mom and my girlfriend reading this. <laughs> yep. That really took out the pressure. I still keep seeing whatever a handful of people reading my stuff, which by now actually it's more people, more than that. But at the end of the day, I'm just insignificant. Like even Seth Godin, one of the top marketing experts on this planet, even this guy says, look, I have some reach. If I succeed in getting to 1% of all Americans, then I would consider that a huge success. So then I'm like, look, I'm just like this little grain of salt. I don't want to say obviously I'm insignificant because I'm not, but basically I have unlimited upside and no downside. And that's the beauty of it. Because whether I offend whatever 50 or 100 people reading my stuff, I don't have to be politically correct. I can just try out stuff. And like, I just tried out some stuff. It got like almost no likes, but then other stuff, it goes through the roof. And I'm like, okay, great. This one thing has 6,000 impressions. And I'm like, wow. Remember, your craft will always be the key to connecting you with your audience. Now it's just about choosing the right strategy to find them. One of our guests introduced us to a concept he developed called the Orb Framework. So the way that I think about building an audience today, I've been workshopping and developing this idea of what I call the Orb Framework. So it's O-R-B. And it actually works really nicely because if you can imagine a few orbs, like basically a couple of concentric circles, right? So imagine like a big circle and imagine a smaller circle inside of that one. And then one more circle inside of that one. And that's the Orb Framework. And basically you have your owned, your rented and your borrowed platforms. So at the very largest sphere and circle is a borrowed platform. So this is basically any time that you can get in front of someone else's audience. And then in the middle, we have rented platforms, which is basically like a meeting ground. It's things like social media, and it's things like having a byline on a publication, being listed in some sort of directory, right? Or basically a meeting ground. You don't own it, but you have a place there, and you have rights there, and you have certain control, but things are also subject to change. And then we have the owned platforms, and the owned platform is where you have a direct line of communication with your audience and or community. And I think what a lot of people find is when they talk about building an audience, what they really mean is building out that owned platform where they want to get subscribers to their newsletter. They want to get traffic to their website. They want to build out their community. They want to build out their customer base, etc. The hard part of that is that it's speaking into the void when you don't have anything to start with. How'd you start out building your audience up? Yeah. So how I started mine was you have to start with some sort of rented platform or a borrowed platform. So in this case, basically everything funnels down to the owned platform. And so if you just start blogging one day, no one could read it. You, you have to go and actively promote it somewhere. You have to get it discovered. And the easiest way to do that is just to borrow someone else's platform at first. And then also par that, parlay that into growing your rented platform in places that people are already interacting. And so the first couple of things that I did was I started interacting with a lot of people on Twitter and I started just commenting, liking, dropping in people's DMs, making connections and then following and following back. Really just my first 500 to 1,000 followers on Twitter were really just like these one-to-one -one kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat of audience building. Of, and it really, I wouldn't even call it audience building. It's more like networking essentially because what you're trying to do is you're trying to build friends and 
relationships and you're trying to just meet people and expand by going around and just meeting people. And I also was doing things like when I was at Barometrics, I would invite people to do webinars with us. And so then I, they get to borrow our audience, but also I get to be like the face of Barometrics. So I got to leech off of the Barometrics brand a bit. And I don't mean that in a condescending way, quite literally when you're just, you're doing public facing things, yep. but then also I would be invited to do workshops for other communities, for other workshops. I was writing guest posts, appearing on other people's podcasts occasionally, writing newsletters for them. And basically I was just showing up and adding value to other people's audience and other communities as well, both on Twitter, within Slack channels, within a few other places, private communities as well. And that in turn started to grow the rental platform, which is my Twitter audience, where I get more and more followers there. And it wasn't until maybe about a year or two ago that I started to get a little bit more serious about Twitter. And then really it's all about content creation. And you have to understand the mechanisms of how to get discovered and how to get in front of more people. But when I started getting serious about Twitter, then it's a lot about content production and consumption. And so then I was posting a lot on Twitter. Then I was actually intentionally going out and I was appearing on other people's podcasts, doing workshops, writing guest posts. I was collaborating with a lot of people, like I said, doing the workshops with people at Barometrics, making a lot of connections and friends, especially with people who already had large audiences. So anyways, to, to summarize, I always think about it through, eventually you want to get people to your owned platform, right? Your newsletter, your blog, your community, your text message list, your podcast, but it's yours, it goes directly to people. But you have to do that by building your rented platforms, showing up, going to places like Twitter, LinkedIn, getting listed places. And then even to do that, you have to borrow other people's audiences. And that's really about how can I add value to this person? How can I make it a win-win collaboration and get exposure to, to new people? And that summarizes the orb model. The essential thing is adding value every time you engage with someone. We had on three more guests whose strategies were almost mirror images of the orb framework. This tends to show just how consistent and reliable it is. Yeah, and in the beginning, I, I talked more about things that people were already talking about. It's one of the concepts that I describe in the book as audience audition. Go to where people already hang out, audiences of other people, and look at what they're talking about. What topics do they commonly talk about? What is going on in their community? And how can I add my valuable content or add my opinion in some valuable form to that conversation? I did that more in the beginning. And the, the first initial couple of blog posts that I wrote for the Bootstrap Founder, which is my blog, were sourced from those communities. And then I just got my opinion in there because I had just built and sold a company with my partner, Danielle. We just had all this knowledge and I had an opinion. I had a perspective on this. So I just put it into a shape that was accessible to people where they were already having their conversations. That was my initial approach. And over time, I reduced this, this balance more to a 50-50 where I talk about what's going on in the community half the time and the other half is just me pushing out my thoughts, hoping that some people will be inspired or at least thinking about the content that I put out there. Because that's all I really want. For everything that I write, I want one, only one person to have a thought about it that helps them. I just want to help one person and that's enough. I think that lines up perfectly with the idea of like 1% better every day. How do you go about building your audience up now? Yeah, I build my audience by serving others, honestly. I have a belief that if you concentrate on just helping people, that the money will come eventually. So right now, I would not say that my revenue strategy is very sophisticated. It's more just honestly about helping people. It definitely is rooted in like education and helping people improve their craft as creators. Because let's face it, there's no college for being a creator, or not yet at least. And that's how I help people is I build my audience by, and inevitably it's just word of mouth, right? Like I helped one creator negotiate a 
brand partnership and then they refer me to their friend. It's just been a slow and, and steady process, but I wish I could say I was very strategic about it, but at least to date, I have not been. And has anything changed in that process over time? Well, in the very beginning, I didn't start building an audience. Like I said, it was actually my wife, April, right? So oh. I definitely had the luxury of a lot of people who have followed us over the years have followed my new journey, creating content to help people. But in the beginning was very organic. But I will say one thing that I did do, which I think in hindsight was probably the, the genesis of audience building, which was just that I started going into private Facebook groups. So there's all these Facebook groups out there where creators gather and they help each other out. And so honestly, I had no agenda. I just went in there and started helping people, replying to comments when people had questions about like brand deal terminology or something like that. I would link them, you know, a video that I'd be on YouTube or something like that. And so that really was how it started. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today was because you've managed to build up a pretty massive following on TikTok in zero time. And mm -hmm. the question I want to ask right now for you is, how are you building your audience? Yeah, so 100% TikTok. I started on TikTok about 10 months ago because at the time I was starting to teach people online and I realized that going out and doing hard sales wasn't really my personality. And so I realized that I would be better off building a brand and it would also allow me to tackle point number two, which was to just help. And I think once you find yourself in the fortunate situation where you have a little more time and you have leftover resources to work on the things that you're really passionate about, you really want to try to help. And so I took quite some time to actually understand social media because it was brand new to me at the time. And I learned about the difference between platforms with organic reach and where the organic reach is much lower. What's the likelihood that you're going to go viral with a single video if you have no followers? And at the time, it seemed like there were really only two platforms where you could grow big in a short amount of time. It was LinkedIn and TikTok. And so I started making TikTok videos, which took a little bit of overcoming judgment and doubt and so on. And over time, I just focused on TikTok. And that's really where my tribe is today. I've heard this complaint that it's difficult to convert those people to either buyers or subscribers outside of the platform. Have you found that to be the case? Not really, actually. On a good week, I can get about 100 subscribers to my email list if I plug my Substack landing page. But I also have a lead magnet. And when things are good, I can get 100 people a day into my lead magnet, which is hosted on Mighty Networks. And I think if you reduce the friction between TikTok or Instagram and make everything mobile friendly, but I haven't found it difficult to convert, actually. And that's pretty much it for today. Strategies will constantly evolve according to your goals. Use what you know, build on what you learn, and always seek ways to expand.